Hello, everyone. I'm Laurel Simmons, and welcome back to another Right Club podcast. And I'm joined today by Catherine Nelson Riley as my co-host, and she's our wonderful operations manager here at the Right Club. Catherine, we've got Nancy Morris back for part two of the interview. First part, we were talking about managing change and negativity. And in this part, we get more into setting goals, performance goals, and desired outcomes. So it's it all ties together. So you got to listen to part one and let them listen to part two, because this is uh, a really good recipe for achieving success, isn't it? It absolutely is. And I keep in mind, everybody who's listening uh, to help you with achieving your success when you're in the business of real estate investing and beyond. Make sure to pop on over to our website, www.therightclub.com, where you'll find thousands and thousands of hours of information and resources for you to help you grow and customize your life. All right, let's go to the interview. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. And that's just the way of the world. I have spoken to people in the past who sort of like get really bummed that the market's changed in some way. And it's sort of like, well, yeah, like you were saying right at the beginning, that's what it's supposed to do. And the way to manage it or the way to understand it is that's what it's supposed to do. And then find ways to take advantage of that. You it's know, I share an example. It, it's not to do with real estate, but it's a mindset because it's not being able to handle the ups and downs of real estate is like most inability to handle ups and downs of business and, and earning money that's not a paycheck. When I was running my business originally 20 some years ago, when I first started it, I was coming into the summer season. I think I was in my second year of running my consulting and coaching business when I lived over in the UK. And I think we were like early July, late June, early July. And I was like worried about my rent, paying my rent. And I'm like, oh my God, everybody's going to go into admin mode and nobody's going to be transacting business and I'm not going to be able to get hired and I'm going to starve, that <laughs> sort of stuff, right? And then it was like, oh, hang on here a minute. Nobody is out there promoting themselves and any of my peers or colleagues because everybody's in admin mode. Isn't that an opportunity for me? And I got on the phone and I think it was the first week of July. And my target is usually five new clients a month, my desired outcome. And I got five new clients in that week because I was the only one out there doing it. So I took advantage of the fact that there was a slowdown. It's different in real estate, I know, but the principle is the same. It was my mindset. It was like I saw this downturn of whatever the downturn was as an opportunity. And I took advantage of that opportunity. And I even used it in my conversations with people, you know, about work. And that helped them to see an opportunity of working with me. So, yes, things go up and down in the marketplace. But what's somebody's attitude towards them? You know, that's the key thing. Again, back to the self-awareness piece. Do you have a positive attitude when things are going down? Because why not? You know, like why not have a positive attitude? Why not look for opportunities? Why not look to to do something a little bit different? Why not look to take advantage of something in, in, in a professional way? Just because the market is shifting does not mean it's shifting down. It's shifting. 
And what are you going to do about it? You know, that that's to me the mindset that one needs to have, particularly when we are talking about something that is essentially a financial market going up and down. And two, the, the other side to that is that successful real estate investors, and however you define successful, let's just say people yeah. who you know, are, are making it work and are, are happy with their results, they, they go into something knowing right from the get-go that there will be these cycles, there will be ups and downs, so that they, are, they set their why, they, they know why they're doing it, they've got their goals. And they choose their strategies, understanding that there are going to be cycles. So really, within the broader picture, what's happening externally shouldn't... Well, I don't want to use the word should. (laughs) (laughs) Oops, caught myself there. Uh, (laughs) They they don't need to worry about those cycles as much because they've got a good foundation. They know why they're doing it. They know what they're doing. And within that, they can say, okay, if this happens, then, you know, ABC. And if this happens, then DEF, whatever it is, right? Yep. And that does away with a lot of the negativity. Not to say that we're not going to have doubt because, as you know, we just discussed, you're always going to have doubt. You know, you can have doubt like, well, geez, I put this output on today. Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. I mean, there's all kinds of things, right? The key is, you know, like we were talking about before in, in a previous episode where we were talking about goals, is staying focused on the things that you can control. And those are your attitudes and your actions. And that's pretty much it. Everything else is out of your hands. So if you're getting upset because the market is doing something, if you are emotionally attached to the market, which you can't control, then you're actually giving away your confidence. You're handing it over to another entity completely. I'm a big believer that you retain your sense of self-esteem, your self-confidence, and all of these sorts of things by focusing on your attitudes and your actions and nothing else. And that does go back to locus of control. That is a person who has an internal locus of control. I understand that I do have control over my responses to things, my attitude about stuff, the actions that I take every day. And if I just keep focused on that, and that becomes my goal every day is just to stay focused on the things that I can control, then I am less likely to be impacted by ups and downs. I'm less likely to be taken off course by negativity, by change, by these sorts of things. I can't control other people. I can't control the markets. I can't control what happens to the value of the dollar or what somebody else does with their real estate portfolio or whatever, I can control nothing of that. But if I hand it over to these entities, then I'm really giving myself away. And that's pretty damn useless in my book. Not only useless, I would say it's damaging to yourself. Oh, absolutely, because it destroys self-esteem. You know, so many times, and, and you've heard me talk about this umpteen times, When I do a presentation, I often ask my audience to, you know, tell me how many of the last 10 goals did they get? And nine times out of 10, it's less than five out of 10 goals. And in the research, it showed goal setting research in psychology, the average number of goals that people achieve is somewhere between four and six. So, you know, that fits with the average. 
That's because people are focused on things that they can't control. They're focused on the amount of money they're going to make. They're focused on a particular deal and whether or not that's going to pass, you know, happen and all of these sorts of things. And those things are dependent upon the decisions of other people, like whether or not you get a certain deal and even how much money you you make because people around you are making decisions whether or not they're going to work with you in some fashion. So if you said to yourself, I am going to be quote unquote successful maybe 50% of the time today, you probably wouldn't even get out of bed. But that's actually what's going on in people's lives. They just don't recognize it. So yes, it's absolutely right. When you're only getting maybe half of the quote unquote goals you set for yourself, of course, it's going to damage your self-esteem and your self-confidence and what's known as your self-efficacy, which is your interpretation of how likely you are to achieve the goals that you set. And the other part of that, of course, is if you don't believe in yourself, your goals get smaller and smaller. You know, your desired outcomes, all of these sorts of things get smaller and smaller in relation to how much confidence and self-esteem and sense of self-worth that you have. And all I think of that. that's why goal to... setting is so is such a fundamental principle in psychology. Well, I was just going to say that I think that maybe we should just dive into that a little bit, goal setting, because you've alluded to it and we have talked about it before on this podcast and when you came down to a live event. But it's it really is critical that people understand that there's performance goals mm-hmm. and there's I can't remember the other. What's the name? Desired uh, outcomes. Desired outcomes. Thank you. Sure, we can do Talk a, about that. Sure, let's do that. So the idea of, we, we learn in school that our goals should, there's that word again, should be things like a certain grade or, you know, get a certain result on a test. And we learn, we start learning that in school. A bad sports coach will tell you our goal is to win the game. You know, that's a bad sports coach. And so as we grow up, we have these different ways of thinking about goals. Now, the problem with the way most think people think about their goals, and well, you, let's use the example of, say, making money. Okay, just, you know, I want to make 100 grand this year, let's just say. And we use that. Well, in order to make $100,000 in real estate, say, you need to have a group of people or a number of people agree to transact with you in some form or another. You can't control whether or not they're going to do that. So the things like making a certain amount of money, another really good example is losing weight. People can't actually control their metabolism. There's way too much stuff going on, so they can't control that. And the example I often use is if I say, okay, I want to lose 30 pounds in the next four months and I lose 20, well, then I'm going to be really sad that I didn't get the 30, right? I said I wanted to lose 30 pounds. But there's so many variables that are outside of my control. I'm feeling sad about something when I've still lost the 20 pounds. Like I've still achieved something. So this is how we differentiate in in a nutshell between performance goals and desired outcomes. The way to determine the difference between the two things, a desired outcome or what you might also say is a want, is anything that involves the decision-making processes of someone else or some universal law like metabolism or whether or not the sun's coming up tomorrow or, you know, these sorts of things. So, but really in terms of business and, and the like, we're talking about, does this involve the decision-making or the actions of another person? If it does, then it is 
a desired outcome. It cannot be your goal. It's what you want, but it is not where you put your focus. Where you put your focus instead is on the actions that you can take that make that hundred grand more likely, though not guaranteed. That so if I that's... am, if I say, and a lot of people do it, this year, I want to acquire or add um, five single family homes to my real estate portfolio, right? That's right. a very common goal. I've heard it probably hundreds of times. I yep. want to add five more properties. Nope, that's what I want. Single family homes, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine, great, wonderful. But that is a desired outcome. Are you looking to create generational wealth and get one step closer to financial freedom? Then Better Mortgage Select is the mortgage brokerage for you. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or seasoned investor looking to grow your portfolio, Better Mortgage Select is here to help you achieve your financial goals. With over two decades of experience, our team of financial planning consultants have perfected our own unique system that tailors every step to suit your financial needs. For a free consultation, reach out to us today at info at bettermortgageselect.ca or give us a call at 905-569-8326. We're here to help you get started and prove why we're the top-ranked mortgage team in Canada. It is a desired outcome. It's a want. So, and it's an important thing to have. Objectives are important. Desired outcomes are important. What you want is important. But then your role is to convert all of that into the actions that you have control over. So it might be, I'm going to go and learn X, Y, and Z over at the Right Club website. I want to look all these things up. I'm going to do that training. I might need to go to these events and I sort of stick my hand out to three people at each event that I go to. I'm going to create a list of people that I want to call and I choose to call those people. They may not answer, but I'm making those phone calls. That's your performance goal. And that is what you celebrate. So going back to the idea of the losing weight thing, and I like to use this one because a lot of people have health-related, quote-unquote, goals, which are not within their control. So anyway, if you take that, the desired four months, one of the things you might choose to do, which is performance goal, is go to the gym three times a week and work out on Those are your performance goals. Then if at the end of the four months or even partway through, you see that you've lost 20 pounds. That's okay because if you did the, the gym three times a week, you've achieved your performance goal. You've done what you said you were going to do. And that's the most important thing. And you can celebrate that. After the four months, you might say, okay, maybe I need to go to the gym an additional time and not drink beer after every time I go to the gym. I mean, maybe that's what you need to decide to do. So, you know, but what you then do is you then got a more sort of objective way of saying, okay, well, I did my performance goals. I went to the gym three times a week. I did create this result and I can celebrate that. And I can celebrate the fact that I went three times a week. And now I'm just going to shift something a little bit and go four times a week or something along those lines. When you're focused on the performance goals, you celebrate that. Regardless of what the desired outcome is and the result and all of those things, the big celebration is 
I've achieved my performance goals because you and I both know, and anybody listening to this, if, for example, you have a desired outcome related to weight loss or something to do with your health, if you didn't need to make new decisions and choices, you'd already be going to the gym three times a week. To get your ass to the gym, even if it's in your basement, three times a week, you have to make new choices and decisions. You have to do something different. You are creating the opportunity to achieve your desired outcome. But the real success is in the choices and decisions you're making to get to the gym three times a week. And you can apply that principle with any objective and any desired outcome. It's just converting that desired outcome, the thing that you want, into performance goals. And then your focus is on the performance goals, not on the choices and decisions and actions of other people. That is just futile in the long run. So like we were saying before, the idea of confidence is really related directly to whether or not you choose to retain your locus of control. When you are focused on performance goals, you really are intentionally and purposefully not only taking actions to make what you want or your desired outcome more likely to happen, you're also building your confidence. If that's where your focus is, that's what's going to happen. That's why, as I said before, goal setting theory is such a key part in psychology because if people are setting uncontrollable goals, as a, you know, we were talking about before, like 100 grand or 40 pounds in three months or 30 pounds in four months, whatever it was. If people are setting those sorts of things and achieving 50% or less, then their confidence is going to be like in, in the tank. And from a psychological point of view, anything that somebody can do to improve their confidence is what we want to focus on. And really, the way to do that is to focus on the choices that you can make about your attitudes and your actions on a daily basis and measuring your results, adjusting your behavior, seeing what's working, what's not quite right, and keep your focus there rather than this idea of the potential result that may or may not come because it's not in your control. Yeah, so everything fits together. It's... Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're managing change, as we started talking about at the beginning, as you're working through the doubt and the challenges that we all have, the internal versus external locus of control, your, your desired outcomes versus your performance goals, all of these fit together. It's gears within gears, right? It's, it's just a matter of being conscious, as we also said earlier, about what you're doing and I, I don't, maybe even why you're doing it, because I do think that's important that you understand why you're doing it. You're doing it to make yourself more, uh, well, sorry, more productive, maybe happier. Help me here. Like, does that make sense? <laughs> we get a lot of internal conversation relates to things, as you say, like happiness, self-confidence, a sense of self-worth and all of those sorts of things. All of they come from how we talk to ourselves. Confidence doesn't come from what happens around you. It comes from the conversation you have with yourself. Same with self-efficacy, self a sense of self-esteem and self-worth. These are all emotions and thought processes that occur as a result of how we talk to ourselves and what we're doing. And that's why we want to build our self-awareness as to what are we doing? Why are we doing it? How does that fill our soul? What, does, what meaning do we attach to this? And am I 
behaving in a way that is taking me towards what I want or is it taking me away? These sorts of things. And you couple that with your mindset, your attitude. One of the interesting things about the word attitude when I use it, again, from a psychological perspective, we talk about attitude like your thought processes about a particular subject or or outcome. It's are you feeling positive or negative? Are you, you know, being moving yourself forward or holding yourself back? That's sort of your attitude. But the other definition of the word attitude relates to that little bubble that's on a pilot's control panel in relation to where they're going. It's their attitude towards their sort of desired outcome, to where the plane is set to go. And I like to use that as an analogy because that part of your attitude is really important as well. Where do you see yourself now in relation to where you say you want to go that is within your control? I'm not talking about desired outcomes. I'm talking about where do you see yourself today in relation to the performance goals that you're doing today and what you want to be doing tomorrow and the next day? And that relationship between where you are and where you want your performance goals to be impacts the other attitude. It impacts your positive or negative nature. When you look at, you know, who you are and where you are, that's why self-awareness is so important. And as you quite rightly said, Laurel, all of these things fit together like a big puzzle. And as you get the pieces to come together, things like change and negativity, internal and external negativity, become less of a quote-unquote problem. They don't go away. They just become less of a concern. And it makes it far easier to manage one's day. You're still going to have days that are, you know, filled with doubt or concern or worry, or you're not going to feel like you want to get out of bed. And then on the flip side of that, you're going to have days that are filled with a sense of joy and a, and a sense of accomplishment and achievement and these sorts of things. That stuff is still going to happen. It doesn't go away. It's recognizing it. It's being aware of it. It's accepting it to a certain degree. Like I said, that, oh, isn't that interesting? And, you know, changing that into a curious nature about it. But it certainly all fits together to make one's day in, in any domain, even in your personal life, that much easier to manage and accept as you go through the things that you want to achieve and the sense of accomplishment you want to have. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, all ties together. It's, it's, you know, I do get tired of, kind of tired of using the term holistic, but in a sense, it is holistic because everything fits together. It's part of the whole. And as, as real estate investors and business people, whatever you're doing, all of these parts do have to work together so that you can move ahead and create you know, the life you want. Hey, you want to customize your life. That's what the right club is about, customizing your life. So it takes work, right? It takes conscious awareness. It takes, uh, yeah, the conscious awareness and the realization that your focus must be on what you can control. Too many people try and bring into that formula that you were just talking about circumstances and situations that are outside of their control, and then the puzzle pieces fall apart and they don't understand why. If one way that I invite people to have a look at this is if you go back over the previous quote unquote goals that you set for yourself and you have a hard look at them and you look at them with a sense of honesty to and, you know, being authentic to yourself, you'll be able to find where you gave control over to other people. And 
where it didn't work out. Yeah, sure, sometimes it does, but very, very rarely when you say, I want to make a hundred grand or I want five new clients or, you know, five new doors or whatever, very rarely does it work or work easily. Things like that become much simpler when you, for want of a better phrase, sort of simplify your mindset about it. And that's to stay focused on the performance goals. But the puzzle pieces need to come together because of who you are and what you do not because of the decisions that other people may or may not make on your behalf. And there we have it. Thank you, Nancy. That was great. Where can people reach you? Because maybe they would like to have a chat with you, become a client. I don't know. How do they reach you? (laughs) Just need to go to nancymorris.com and all my contact information is there. Perfect. Well, thanks, Nancy. This has been great. It's, you know, I know some people might say, well, this is kind of basic stuff, but if it's so basic, why do we forget it all the time, right? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we keep having these conversations because people do forget it. And I like to think that sometimes the conversations that we have are just reminding people of what they already know. But then it, it's okay. Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to do next now that you've reheard this quote unquote basic information? How are you going to apply this? Are you going to stick a post it note on your computer that says, oh, isn't that interesting? to remind you to be curious instead of critical? Are you going to sit down and look at your current desired outcomes and turn them into performance goals that you can schedule into your calendar every day? What are you going to do next? That's what makes the real difference about this quote-unquote basic information. Yeah, well, you and I will talk about this a lot and it'll, it won't, we won't be doing a podcast when we talk about it either, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you so very much, Nancy. Until next time. As always, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Laurel. Thank you, Catherine. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, Catherine, I don't know about you, but I feel like Nancy just kind of reinvigorated me. Like, I, she's got so many great ideas and, and tips about what we can do to help our own confidence and how we can manage those cycles, the up and down cycles. And it affects us as real estate investors. It affects us in our jobs, in our careers in our lives. So I hope everyone that you enjoyed listening to this as much as we did talking with Nancy. So until next time, customize your life and have a great time. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.